Are you looking for that next great read? Well, I've got you because I wrote it. Head on over to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and order yourself a copy of my book, I'd Rather Talk to Dead People, where I tell you the ins and the outs of my paranormal journey thus far. If you've watched the TV show Oddity Files on Amazon Prime or YouTube, this is the perfect companion piece to give you an inside look on what was going on inside my head during my most prominent investigations to date. Again, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People by Kitsy Duncan. Thank you. So here we are, you know, in our respective podcast studios. Mm-hmm. I traveled last weekend. Still not sure how I feel about it. Um, but, you know, we're here to do a podcast, Nick. I don't know if you're aware of this. <laughs> the podcast is called Oddity Files. The podcast. <laughs> okay, everybody, every time I say podcast, take a shot. And um, <laughs> Drunk on I'm a kids- Friday morning. I'm Kitsy Duncan doing a podcast. I'm Nick Floyd. Also, did we get bought by NPR? Like, what happened? I, I don't know. <laughs> I just stopped myself today. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. So, not much going on in my life. I, I, I've worked last weekend, which, thank fucking God. Mm-hmm. But I, I, everything hurts and I'm dying. <sighs> and I didn't get my cushy sit on a chair photography job i normally did i did what my husband normally does which is everything and i had to stand and walk and shit so it sucked (laughs) um (laughs) but san antonio got canceled the day before the the convention so um i was i had a dog sitter arranged and i knew there was a show going on in chicago that we were little worried about being staffed fully enough and i'm like babe i'll just i'll just drive up to chicago and i did and so i was at flashback weekend which is always a good time they are my family i'm a chicago girl at heart and literally i walk into that show and it's 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 like the olden days where you know everybody and everybody's and i gave people hugs i haven't given hugs to in like two years that's amazing and i did wear my mask even though i'm vaccinated and you know why because i'm selfish and i didn't want to just get a cold or the flu (laughs) because you learned we all learned about that's what i was telling people that like when i talked to people about isolating i'm like you know it says a lot that i spent a year pretty much inside of my home and did not even so much as get a cold oh yeah which so our immune systems are shit right now (laughs) it's my biggest concern i remember reading about that that the moment we go out our immune systems are like we're not ready yet and we're like nah but we are (laughs) (laughs) exactly and my immune system before this was 
It had to be stellar because I was around thousands of people all the time. It built up, yeah. Yeah. And there's this thing, for those of you that don't understand the convention world, called concred, <laughs> where it's just this nasty-ass cold you get for like two weeks where you just feel like shit. And I did not. I'm like, this is my concred mask, guys. Yeah, it's... Uh... I was talking to someone else from the convention world about that as well. I'm like, you know, it was so normal for us to be like, you get back on the plane and then we all had group texts or whatever. Or we or we talked to people in the in the convention circuit so be like, ah, oh, I got the crud. And it's like, <laughs> that was normal, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, when am I going to get it this year? Right. It was just, it was too normal. It was far too yeah. normal, so. But the most hilarious thing, which I told you, Nick, because I think I texted you about it right after it happened. Um, I drove up to Chicago, and usually I just take 65 to 294 up the tollway, and I'm there. But the car rerouted me, and I think it was Apple Maps, which rerouted me on the way home. I'm not sure. I think it's just a thing with the the Apple CarPlay. But I drove right past the Ponderosa Sun Club that I used to live by, a.k.a. The nudist colony, and mm-hmm. they're both still there, one across the street from the other. And I pulled my ass over. I'm like, Nick is not going to believe this shit. No. Snapped a photo. I think I've thrown it up on Instagram at this point. And uh, it was just like, okay, there is no such thing as coincidences. Apparently, I needed this photo for some reason. No. No, it was. It's funny. I don't, I don't want to jump ahead at all, but it's funny because you're mentioning that you just happened, you were supposed to go to Texas, you split off and went to. Illinois, and my story uh, takes place in Illinois later in Get the podcast. Out. Yeah, I didn't want to. I know we're going <laughs> to chat and banter and stuff, so I didn't want to wait 20 minutes and tell you, be like, oh, remember, remember 25 minutes ago when you mentioned Illinois? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm super stoked. Yeah, it's so interesting. Full circle. Yeah. So, what you been up to, my friend? Mm. Oh, you know, just a whole, a whole lot of nothing. Uh, the Green Knight came out, and I went and saw that in theaters. First time back since to seeing something I haven't seen before. Uh, yeah, it was my first movie release back in theaters, and it was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, from a safety perspective, it was great. I there was no one in my row. I sat down. There was a girl in the row, and it was like distance, so she had her mask off. And then I walked in with mine on, and right. As the trailers were starting, she put her mask on. And I was like, you're the most courteous human being. It's so kind. Yes. Uh, it was super, super kind. No, the movie was awesome. It was. I always love watching stuff like that in a theater with others because you can feel how much people hate these kinds of movies. <laughs> Even though they know exactly what they're going to get every time. they just you, you can feel it in your... You just know. Yeah. Um, and the moment it ended, I just I could feel like everybody behind me just being like, "Ugh, that was terrible." <laughs> but no, it was it was um, it was everything that I wanted it to be. I didn't really know what to expect. I just knew it's gonna be something that I'm gonna love no matter what because I love the director and I loved the actors who were involved and I love Arthurian tales and all this stuff. But I don't think. Maybe since a long, 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 long time ago, like films I had to study in school, I don't think I've ever seen a modern movie that felt like you were watching live poetry. 
Like, it's very atmospheric. There's not a lot of dialogue. Everything is contextually hidden in the film itself. Like, what you're watching on screen. It plays... So it's art house trash, is what you're saying. It's definitely definitely art house, for sure. (laughs) But... It's all. I mean, it's awesome. There's tons of like witchy stuff. It leans into a lot of like the dark magic and just soup. I mean, there are just scenes in it that I'm like, this is straight out of like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Like it's just. Oh, that's fun. It's very, it's very 80s fantasy, but also like a very, very well made adaptation of a poem that no one can seem to translate accurately. Oh, look at that review. They should quote you on all their trailers now. <laughs> oh, yes. Please listen to this podcast. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I can't wait to watch it again. I'm, there's a part of me that kind of hopes that they'll just put it out on demand soon so I can just buy it and get it over with and watch it yeah. a bunch of times because I tell a lot of people this, like when you're really looking forward to something, Mostly like movies, I mean, books and concerts and all that. Like when you've had enough time to imagine what it would look like and you finally get to see it, it's never going to be like perfect. So it could end in your expectations. You're just like, oh, okay, I-, I liked it. I liked it a lot. But you need that second viewing or several days for it to click and you to be like fully satisfied. That's just, I mean, that's how I am. I love that. Um, if it doesn't completely suck me in the first time I watch it, I'm done. But I am I am not as eloquently trained in the world of Hollywood as you are. So I am I just like Give me a Marvel pictures. movie. Make me some more Harry Potter. I'm good to go. <laughs> well I I'm I'm excited to see. I mean I haven't seen anybody yet. Um uh, but I'm also like I don't expect people to rush to the movies, especially like if you're not in the artsy fartsy shit like this. But I'm curious to see like what people in the Facebook group because there there are so many elements of like legends and and myths and lore and and ghosts and magic. There's just so much there that I'm I'm curious to see what if and when someone drops it in the Facebook yeah. group. Maybe it'll be me. Maybe I'll I'll drop something in there and ask people if they've seen it. Yes, you totally should. Um, I did on my drive up figure out exactly what I'm going to do for my next book. And you and I will talk about that later. But I I just Mm. popped into my head and I'm that chick. If I don't say it while I'm thinking about it and say, remind me to talk about that later, I forget. So that just happened. Sorry, guys. This is just me and Nick. It's our podcast. We can do whatever the fuck we want. (laughs) True. (laughs) I did. I did watch a little bit of Wellington Paranormal. Nice. Fucking love it. It's great. Yes, so much fun. I caught a little bit of surreal estate on the TV at the the uh, hotel. It didn't, I think I have to watch the whole episode. I think I caught like the last 10 minutes of whatever episode it was. And I'm just like, okay. Uh, and I tried actually buying it on Prime and you can't buy the full season on Prime. You have to watch the first one on whatever this free app is for the first month. Something I'd never heard of. So... I might have weighed on that one a little bit. Yeah, I I need I'm I think Wellington Paranormal is up to four now. And I've only watched two. And I enjoyed okay. the two of them. I watched the the Exorcism one and then the Aliens in the Cornfield. <laughs> I watched those two as well. Yep. So we're caught up with each other. Yeah. The, 
it, there are just little bits and pieces that that first episode is so great because Cuba Street, which is where the the episode opens, where they find the girl. That was mm-hmm. when I lived in New Zealand. That was exactly the area, especially like the whole the centering around that fountain with the blood coming out of the fountain. The yeah, that I sat there and like would eat snacks. Uh, <laughs> Often. Of course she did. Because there's so much like weird art like that in Wellington. It's, but it was uh, it was so cool. I know the show's been out for a while, but it was cool to watch it and sort of take a trip down memory lane. That's uh, cool. Back to when I when I lived there. It's just all local stuff. It's such a small little town. So. I love it. I love it. I, I have always wanted to go to New Zealand. And, you know, even more now that I saw uh, Thor Ragnarok because I adore what 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 Tiki what. Wataki, Witiki, Tiki, Taki, the the director. I can never say his name. <laughs> I don't even want to say it. I just love that. <laughs> Witiki, Taki. That's his new name. No, really. What is it? Taika Waititi. Thank. You. That's close. It's very Tied. close. No, not at all. Well, you're combining the not first and all. the last name, so you're just, you know, you're just making it easier. Sure. <laughs> Let's stick with that. I like it. <laughs> Um. Yeah. I. Other than that, I haven't watched shit. Have you watched anything else? The only other thing it was recommended. I. I didn't. I knew nothing about it. Like it was not on my radar. This movie, and mm-hmm. and I saw someone post about it on Twitter. But it's a movie called The Empty Man. Oh. And it's on HBO Max now. It apparently was owned, uh, and produced by, uh, Fox. And it was one of the last movies in the Disney Fox merger that it basically just got shoved. Away. Okay. It's the guy's first movie that he made, and Fox was like, make whatever you want. Go- we believe in your vision. Go nuts, which never happens these days with these big studios. And so he made this beautiful, funny, like Lynchian, Lovecraftian, scary movie, and apparently the studio, like, it didn't test well, and long story short, the, the, the version that was released in October, it was just like, popped out in the theaters and then put on demand immediately and no one knew about it. Huh. And the way that the trailer is cut is not even accurate to what the movie is about. So even if you've seen the trailer, I can guarantee you the movie is nothing like the trailer. I hate when they do that shit. It's it's annoying because the movie that the trailer sells is like these teens who are taking part in this, you know, urban legend. The movie is... Absolutely not even close to being about that. What is it about? It's it's very much like uh, the movie Seven with Brad Pitt. It's one of my favorites. So it's 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 just like that. It's a guy uh, who used to be a police officer and uh, what's in the box? <laughs> Sorry. I'm glad you did it. I was waiting for the moment it was going to happen. Uh, but he's you know ex cop and. He finds out that uh, his neighbor's daughter goes missing and turns out she was obsessed with this empty man. And the empty man is this sort of legend. And he starts basically going down this rabbit hole to find out, like, who the empty man is, how he exists, and it gets into some cult stuff. It, it's just, it's like two hours and 15 minutes long. It's a long one. It's but so, what is it called again? It sounds amazing. The Empty Man. The Empty Man. Yeah. It's, it's great. And the first 20 minutes are I like, have homework. It's, 
the first 20 <clears throat> minutes are just like a it could be a short film it's like a little ghost story of these three hikers who were in this cabin and and just that opening 20 minutes are so captivating and then you get the movie you know and it's it's just oh, I, wow. I was i was blown away is it perfect no is it creepy as hell yeah <laughs> i was like it was terrified. A couple I times. love cre- I like that suspense shit where I have to put it on pause, walk out of the room a second, recompose myself, and go, okay, now I'm ready to watch the rest of this. Yeah, there were there's a lot of the score and the sound design is is amazing, but there aren't like jump scares. It's it's just tension. It's like Haunting a Hill House where <laughs> the tension is there, and that's what it's like long scenes where you're like, oh, I'm really, really tense. And then you can, when you release, you release, but you're like, I'm still terrified because that was creepy. And you know? something else is about to happen soonish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I don't know. It's, it's on HBO Max. Check it out. Very cool take on like ghost story, cult, possession type stuff. And I'm said too much. Okay, I love it. I love it. But speaking of urban legends, I did come across this today. I was going to do like a two-part paranormal in the news because my paranormal in the news is super short. Um, But I'm just, you kind of gave me the perfect segue to, you know, like urban legends and things like that. I came across this on my Facebook um, from phantomsandmonsters.com. And um, I pale... Crawler humanoid was seen roaming in Hamilton County, Indiana, which is just the other side of Indianapolis from me. And at first I was like, ooh, what's this going to be? And then I read on and now I'm freaked the fuck out. So I'll go ahead and read this to you. A central Indiana couple were riding around late on a night in June 2020. So this was just last summer. When they encounter a pale crawler humanoid referred to as a fucking rake, in parentheses. A fucking rake, Nick. You guys should see his face. That's what, That was my face when I read this first time. Okay. That's too close so the, to home for you. Way too... My lights just flickered too. Jesus Christ, he's coming for me. Okay. Oh. <laughs> the following account was recently forwarded to me. That's Lon Strickler said that, who runs the Phantoms and Monsters website earlier in 2020 when lockdown was going on my girlfriend and i were getting bored sitting around so sometimes during the day or later at night we just hop in the car and drive around and chat well one night around 12 between 12:45 and 1 a.m we were driving this back road by her house that's just trees and forest for miles the road was empty and there are no houses so i have my brights on going around a corner as soon as the corner, as soon as the road straightened out, I'm sorry, I slammed on my brakes and saw an almost pure white creature in the middle of the road. I only caught a glimpse, but it was squatting with really, really long legs, super long arms, and an incredibly humanoid figure. The posture it had while squatting was very human-like, except its elbows almost touched the pavement. Oh, no. My girlfriend screamed, and within a second of seeing it, it ran off on all fours like a blur to a tree by the end of the road. And it just jumped into the tree, like from the ground up to the branches. Okay. 
Okay, nope. Um, and when it jumped, I could see it slightly stretched out. <clears throat> I had never heard of a rake before, but I told my best friend of this encounter, and he showed me the rake. I've driven by that area a lot since then, and I haven't seen it again. Anyone else, uh, has anyone else seen something similar? I didn't see any teeth, thank God, because that's the worst part of a fucking rake. Mm. And the head was pretty human-shaped, and its face was pretty long, blackish sunk-in eyes, longer nose, and its mouth was closed. It ran away and hid in that tree as if it knew it shouldn't have been seen. But it didn't seem animalistic. I'd say it was at least six and a half to seven feet in length, so tall. Um, it looked directly at the car before it ran, and it was incredibly thin, almost bony, and yes, its thighs and calves were really long. Uh, this occurred in June of 2020. I honestly don't know the road. It's near US 37 and 191st Street in Noblesville, Indiana, in Hamilton County. So anybody, my fellow Hoosiers up there on the north side of Indy, Tweet at a bitch if you've seen the fucking rake up in Noblesville, because I got family in Noblesville, and I will go grab their ass and bring them here. This freaked <laughs> me out. Yeah, how do you even, I mean, that's, I mean, I've seen some, like, unexplainable stuff, and I know a lot of people have as well who listen to the podcast, but, like, when you see something like that, how do you go on to just functioning like everything is okay <laughs> literally i mean even if he, i mean he had no idea what a rake was and, I, and but he, he was still freaked out i mean i i would have been too but then you throw the word rake yeah. into it and i'm fucking out baby dover demon or not no right when having someone there that like acknowledges that you're both seeing the same thing that is also like a big nope sickle for me too. <laughs> and I'm sitting there reading it going, okay, I know the human race and I know that your mind tries to turn it, turn it into something that it would understand. Yeah. But I, I'm trying to even think what kind of Indiana native animal it could be. I mean, all we have is like deer and coyote out here. Yeah, it's definitely got to be... No, I no. couldn't. <laughs> naked Slender Man. I feel more comfortable with Naked Slender Man than I do the rake. So, yeah, I was I was a little mm -hmm. upset when I read that. I responded, just nope, nope, nope. And Lon responded with a laughing emoji. So, Lon, it's not funny. It's too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there oh, is always that, man. like when you see some sort of, video of some alien meteor in the sky or whatever you always check the location to make sure you're not close and there's always that moment of like oh okay good that was a close one. Oh, thank god oh thank you jesus yes yes i totally agree uh, but i had to share that regardless um i found it like 30 minutes before we were scheduled to podcast today and i'm like how shall i work this in and then you mentioned urban legends and i'm like bazinga okay it, it just happened cool it did. Um, now, my paranormal in the news is something my brother-in-law, who is in Noblesville, by the way, that's the family I would go grab and bring them down here. Um, 
He tagged me in it and asked if I was okay. The headline reads, Ghost Hunter Plunges 15 to 20 Feet as Paranormal Investigation Goes Wrong. Not going to lie, back doing the notoriously haunted locations, this was always a fear of mine because some of the floors in some of these locations are slightly questionable. But this from the Huff Post says the woman was searching for ghosts at a buffalo at the Buffalo Central Terminal, which is supposedly a hotspot for paranormal activity. A ghost hunter in Buffalo, New York, reportedly fell 15 to 20 feet during a paranormal investigation inside one of the city's landmark buildings. According to the Buffalo News, the unnamed 35-year-old woman was searching for ghosts in the nearly century-old Central Terminal building on Saturday when she plunged through a substation roof. She was taken to the local hospital and treated for multiple injuries. The newspaper reported her current condition is not known. A man hunting ghosts with her was not injured because he probably had a fucking flashlight and was watching where he was stepping. Sorry, I'm bitter. Local NBC station WGRZ reported that the pair was ghost hunting without permission in the historic structure. Yet, no charges have been filed. They really should press charges, the whoever owns the building, only because people don't trespass. That's just fucking rude. It's like number one rule in paranormal etiquette. You don't just go into random abandoned location without. And you know why? Because this. Because you fall through ceilings or floors or whatever else and you're fucked. Okay. <laughs> Buffalo Central Terminal was an active train station for a half a century operating from 1929 to 1979 before falling into disrepair. In recent years, parts of the terminal have been refurbished and occasionally opened for special events, including ghost tours. So the ghost tour makes sense. You probably have to sign a waiver at that point. Yeah. Um, hear and see what was caught that possibly can prove that paranormal... Paranormal activity does exist at the Buffalo Central Terminal, the blurb for one such tour in 2018 declared. In addition, the TV show Ghost Hunters filmed at the terminal several times. So, this dumb bitch. That's all I got on it. This dumb bitch. It's, it's definitely like a tricky thing, because technically she could sue them. For trespassing? For hurting herself on private property can she really it's privately owned if she found a good lawyer yes she could technically sue them for her getting hurt on the property because the property is privately owned for pretty much breaking and entering she broke in and entered and she can god this world is terrible yeah like Place, things like that. So obviously if there's someone like living in a house and you trespass and you get hurt, it's the whole it's the whole thing about like a trampoline, right? Like if you have a trampoline in your front yard and some kid wants to jump on it and that kid it was his choice, whatever it was your property. If the parent if the other family wants to sue you for X amount of dollars, guess mm-hmm. what? You, you can do about it because that kid was on in your front yard jumping on your trampoline. That's some bullshit. It's crazy. Yeah. So that's why they're probably they're probably not going to press charges because they're probably like, listen, we won't press charges if you don't sue us. Probably. 
And that's probably why she chooses to remain nameless. Yeah. She knows. She, she doesn't want to get dis, disbarred from the, from the paranormal community forever. <laughs> oh, she's out. I decided. I make all the rules. No, not really. But, <laughs> um, but honestly, that's why I would never go into like random. I follow like Facebook groups about excuse me, urban adventuring where they go into these abandoned buildings. And I love to look at them, but you will not find my ass in those. Hell no. That's all the dangers. And not to mention squatters. Squatters are the real problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I mean, there's like a part of me that feels like she, and I don't, I'm not trying to be insensitive at all, but it doesn't feel like she really knew exactly what she was doing because i think even in my youthful ages part of ghost hunting is going into abandoned properties that aren't safe like they're they're not this bitch (laughs) she was like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna not only am i gonna break into a place like how did she not know to treat it like urban exploring to be like i have i have the right shoes on i have the right lamp on yes you were trespassing on private property. So you had to have known. Yeah. That like, it wasn't safe ish. Well, they shut it down in the seventies because it was falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I am literally that bitch who has never gone into an investigation that I didn't have full permission to. Granted, it's because I film everything and duh, there's evidence, but (laughs) Two, I just, that's just not who I am. I don't know. I don't know. But there you have it, kids. Um, Dumbass paranormal in the news is what we're going to call that one. Um, (laughs) What a great segment that would be. Oh, yeah, it would be. Oh, you guys should write in stories of dumbass paranormal investigators. Shit you've heard, read online, all the stuff and all the things. That can be a new segment right there. Oh, that would be amazing. It'd be amazing. Shit. I know for a fact. I didn't edit today. I should have. I don't know where the fuck all the hours in today went on me, but they just flew on by. Um, I know you go first because I went first twice in a row. Boom. <laughs> Hopefully you can take a few days off this week. I don't have time for that shit time in the week the year the day the hour no never is never will be but alas here we are alas that's such a great word that i don't use and often enough it always catches people off guard what do the british always say that throws me off tally ho whilst whilst i wish i could use the word whilst more often yeah, people here look at you like you, you're you trying to be someone you're not. They'd be like, you don't, you don't say that word. That's not an American word. Shit, you know what I forgot to tell these people, Nick? That we're having another paranormal oh, crossroad. Yes. I have notes. Did I look at them once? No, not at all. Um, <laughs> we're having another paranormal crossroad viewing party in downtown Indianapolis. On, did I write down? Oh, yes, September 4th at 8 p.m. till question mark 
because it airs at midnight. We'll see if I make it till midnight again this time. Just putting that out there. Um, and it's going to be at O'Reilly's Irish Pub, downtown Indianapolis. Jesus. <laughs> Indianapolis is just down the street from where those Pacers play, people. So come on in, hang out. Uh, it's always a good time at O'Reilly's. Heading there tomorrow to film something for said Paranormal Crossroads. So, and went to high school with the owner of it. Didn't even know. So cool. Smaller every day. September 4th, 8 p.m. Till question mark. Okay, Nick, you got a story? <laughs> Sorry. I'm so sorry. Idiot. (laughs) I do have a story. Like every week, I do have a story. Sweet. At the beginning of this podcast, this one (laughs) is uh, very coincidental because it takes place in Cook County, Illinois. Look at that. Right where I was. This is amazing. It's perfect. Well, you're going to be mad at yourself for not going to visit. Because this is pretty wild. And if it was told on this podcast before, I apologize in advance. Okay. Right now. (laughs) On June 22nd, 1918, at approximately 4 a.m. in the morning, which is my least favorite sentence structure ever. 4 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) No, you know what? I I ditched the a.m. though. It's usually 4 in the morning. Okay, go ahead. Uh, veteran train driver Alonzo Sargent fell asleep at the helm of his 21-car locomotive and crashed into the temporarily stopped Hagenbeck-Wallace circus train carrying 400 circus performers. Oh, snap. I have not heard this. Yeah. The haunting accident happened just outside Hammond, Indiana. Get the fuck out. That's Lake County, Indiana, and that's where I grew up. You never heard this before? No. Hammond is where most of my children and my husband was born. That's hilarious. This is, uh, well, the plot thickens. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) The colliding train was moving at nearly 40 miles per hour, and the collision decimated the three rear cars carrying many of the performers. The train held over 400 passengers who worked for the circus. Many perished on impact and many more after a roaring fire broke out from the train's kerosene lamps. 86 women, men, women, children are said to have died from this tragedy, tragedy, with 127 reported injured. Oh, wow. The disaster did not discriminate taking the lives of showmen, including clowns, trapeze artists, lion tamers, the strong man, roustabouts, and more from all walks of life. The total body count is close, but not exact to, it was close, but not exact because of poor employee records and many bodies burned to ash from the inferno, and it said that no animals were harmed, which, to this day, we're not 100% sure. Yeah, but, but. that's a good thing. Sometimes yeah. animal are, animals are nicer than people. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Days later, 53 of the recovered bodies were buried in a mass grave plot on the outskirts of Chicago in a patch of cemetery land purchased by the Showman's League of America, which is a real thing I didn't know existed until today. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Only five bodies were ever officially identified and given a proper burial. The mass grave markers have no specific headstones, instead using markers such as unknown male number 39 or circus names such as Baldy or Smiley, 
or even circus jobs such as four horse driver. Oh my goodness. This is that's tra it's so tragic. Yeah. But I love that so much. It's this this whole cemetery is very fascinating. And I'd like to go visit one of these days. Um, for sure. But Five stone elephants were erected to honor the fallen circus workers, and they're pretty large as well. Since then, more circus performers have been buried at Showman's Rest, which is what it's called. It's the section of the uh, Woodlawn Cemetery, and it's grown to 750 plots. Still, no animals have been buried at the cemetery. Forest Park Cemetery is only one of four Showman's Rest cemeteries in the United States. The others are in Southern Memorial Park in Miami, Florida, and Woodlawn Cemetery in Temple, Tampa, Florida, (laughs) and Mount Olivet Cemetery in Hugo, Oklahoma. Pretty crazy. I have never heard of this, but I I should have been there already. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mind blown. You don't even know the half of it, and you're going to definitely want to be there right now (laughs) after this next little paragraph. The Showman's Rest Cemetery is one of the more uniquely haunted graveyards in the United States, even more considering the tragedy that befell the victims of its mass grave. Chief among disturbances is the sound of elephants crying in the distance, even though there are no elephants buried on site. An Oak Park police officer once reported the actual ground beneath him vibrating as if an elephant were physically trampling past him. Oh my gosh. There is no official documentation by cemetery employees as to when the paranormal activity first began at Showman's Rest. Laughter and circus music are also heard at odd hours. Due to otherworldly sounds, various EVP and investigation sessions have been conducted by paranormal groups over the years. While nothing sinister has turned up on the EVPs, an unusual circumstance of the electronic equipment being jammed or drained of battery life is said to happen quite frequently. Of course, hate when that happens. Could you imagine being like, "Hello, I'm here to talk to you with your little work." You guys can't see me, so I'm holding like an imaginary recorder in my hand. I'm Kitsy. I'd love to know your story. Love, light, peace, and positivity. Blah 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 blah. And you play it back, and it's da 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 da. I mean, that's that's how I imagine it. That's how I, that's exactly how I, like, and hearing little bells and, like, clown yes. laughs. Yeah, that. Like the horn honking. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, like, juggling sounds. Oh, it'd be so magical. It would be pretty, I would, that would be great. That'd be really cool, actually. It would freak yeah. me out afterwards. I'd be, like, yes. really blown away, and then I'd be terrified. Exactly. But then I'd be obsessed. I wouldn't leave. Uh, <laughs> Same. Showman's Rest in Chicago is also known as the Clown Cemetery for the clowns who have been buried there. Clowns from the 1918 train disaster and more have been buried at Showman's over the years. During the 1918 Hammond train wreck, Big Joe Coyle, a circus clown, lost both his wife and children who were trapped in the inferno. Hmm. He could not get to them. Although he tried to reach them, he was pulled back from the flames by his comrades. He wept as they perished. Coyle would go on to manage a vaudeville show titled George White's Scandals, where the famous Three Stooges would begin their career. Get out. A lot of history. A lot of history in this one. Uh, Big Joe Coyle worked as a clown into the 1950s. Uh, He was sad and had a very hard life and died at the age of 42 
after the tragedy in 1960. His final resting place is not known. Oh, that's so sad. Showmen, men, women, and children who work in circuses and carnivals come to Showman's Rest to pay homage to their brethren from the train disaster and many other fallen comrades over the years. This is typically runaround Clown Week, which has given Showman's Rest at Woodlawn the nickname of the Clown Cemetery, not to be confused with the Clown Motel in Nevada, which also rests, rests next to a cemetery itself. A few myths have come out on a few myths have come about over the years. People have said that the elephants were buried at Showman's Rest and that several perished attempting to save lives at the disaster. Woodlawn Cemetery representatives confirm there are no animals at the cemetery and they are not allowed to bury animals on their premises. The representative did mention that many got confused because of the cemetery's proximity to a nearby zoo. In all regards, if ghosts do exist, there are many reasons why they would be at Showman's Rest. I couldn't even get that those last two words out accurately. <laughs> Good lord. Anyway. So, if it's near a zoo, it must be on the north side of Chicago. Yeah. Because we only have Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago. And it seems very close to Indiana as well. Like, it seems like it's somewhere near the border. I'm going to have to look it up, like, when we're done. I've, I wrote down all the stuff and all the things, and I, I, I can't believe I never heard of the train. I mean, this is like shit your grandpa should tell you about. Am yeah. I right? <laughs> it feels like, I mean, I feel like every city has its own small town sort of myth and legend, but at the same time, like, this feels like a pretty... The fact that the cemetery is there, and it's confirmed that this happened, and there's the elephants that have been built, like, it's... This should be a bigger deal, I think. I thoroughly agree. I can't... I mean, it should be like the the ghost stories I should have heard at slumber parties when I was like 13. Literally. Yeah. Well, there's um, so many, I think, that can spin out from them as well. Because you have a real event that happened, which is this awful train wreck that crashed into a train car full of carnies, essentially. Like, it's... Literally. It is a gold mine for campfire stories and babysitter stories and all this stuff i'm telling you it may be i i, I killer clowns is a great book idea i'm just saying i might want to write that down too out of the carney crash anyhow no that was so amazing and i loved it so much um it's, it's super tragic, but I kind I have this rule i don't investigate outside because it's people that scare me not the ghosts but yeah. I might make a special, uh, whatever the word is I'm looking to put here, a special amendment in my rules, um, and I at least want to go and see yeah. it. Just to visit or even like go at night and, and do a couple little EVPs, I think yeah. would be so much fun. But yeah, it is, a lot of articles and stuff wrote this up as like the the, the most horrifying part of showman's rest isn't the legend and lore it's the horrific events that happened literally to make it exist like essentially if you really think about it the only reason why it exists is because they needed to just there were so many casualties they needed to bury them where they lie i mean they just had to basically build a makeshift cemetery because there were too many dead bodies so sad 
Yeah, it's crazy. It is. And I, I, I had a couple jokes in there. And I, I still do feel bad for all those people that tragically burned in the fire. But um, I, I, I must know more. One million percent. Thank you yeah. for telling that story. That was great. Oh, if you find anything out, you're you're closer uh, to the mouth of the river, so to speak. So if you can get some more details or variations of it, please uh, release and we'll do give me an update or something. I will. I've got a friend who does a paranormal radio show in Hammond, so I, I think I might reach out to Bob Anderson at WJOB and uh, see if he knows more. That would be great. I would love an amendment to to my tale that I found. It was hard to find really a detailed description, so I would love to hear it from someone who who has probably grown up hearing it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, let's throw it over to commercials. And, um, you know, this always goes full circle because I've got stories about witches. Oh, shoot. Oh, snap. <laughs> Okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner is freaking Chewy, guys. I know, we we talk about our pets all the time, and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But we're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash ofchewy, you can help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost effective there. And this store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. Find out why people are calling Paranormal Crossroads a great spiritual journey or groundbreaking heartfelt funny. This new series is absolutely amazing. Just head to tinyurl.com slash paranormal x road that's the letter x this all female paranormal team including myself kitsy duncan kj and spirit medium tiffany rice go where no paranormal show has gone before we head to people's homes and places of work where they're dealing with a haunting of any kind Nine times out of ten, there's happy tears, there's laughter. This is the paranormal show you've been waiting for. We're adding new episodes monthly, and this is a show you don't want to miss. No screaming, no demons, all the love, light, peace, and positivity, and bringing family members closure. 
head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's X as in the letter X. Are you a coffee addict like me? Well, check out Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash bonescoffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash shutter and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all-horror, all-the-time streaming network. From their endless selection of the best in horror, the original programming and exclusive content, to their flexible membership plans. Shudder is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month, and yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? tinyurl.com slash get shutter tinyurl.com slash get shutter g-e-t-s-h-u-d-d-e-r let's get scared and we're back okay so um on my way to chicago um every we are WNPR. We're just repeating ourselves all the time. I love it. Um, I spent time catching up on the podcast lore, which I love it. It's, you know, it's not this podcast at all in any way, shape, or form, um, but I highly recommend it. Mr. Mankey is a talented story writer who is literally the stuff of legends. He did a teeny little tiny story on an amazing woman in history named Mall Pitcher. And I was completely intrigued and wish it was one of his main stories because he'll tell a main story. And then like right after the commercial break, he'll tell like a shorter story that had something to do with the first story. And this was that one. Um, So I want to try to do her and what turns out is her family's story a little more justice. And that story goes a little something like this. Century. Massachusetts began to gain a bit of a reputation for fortune fortune telling and seances. And Edward Diamond was one of the more standout wizards of this interesting little town. He was a retired ship's captain who lived at the bottom of Cemetery Hill. He was considered an eccentric man, which is it's a feat if you're living, you know, with a bunch of witches in, in the town. If you're the eccentric one, I think he would be my favorite. <laughs> 
And it means he would totally be a weirdo like us. Um, he wore a billowing cape and pretty much kept to himself and his family. I mean, totally my kind of guy. But he was also very well no- known for his alleged potent psychic abilities, which both fascinated and scared the local squares. Because, you know, weird is the new cool. Squares aren't cool. What a great just use of words so far that he was the like one of the better of the town wizards like as if there are multiple town wizards it, he, he, he was literally this little town was known for its seances and and stuff and things so he's oh d- most definitely gonna be my favorite um one of the most common powers he displayed was his ability to find lost or stolen items he was apparently absolutely uncanny at doing this, going into a brief trance before snapping awake with the knowledge of where the item was. I love this guy. Oh, my God. I picture him in like a meditative state going, oh, oh, my God, your keys are behind the couch. You better go get them right now. <laughs> that I just. I, this is so fascinating to me because. Taylor, who you know Taylor from the convention circuit and stuff, we're one of my best friends, and he his his thing is he always says he pauses and he goes, "I am the fine master. I find things faster." And if you say it out loud and you truly believe it, he is convinced that you will find whatever it is that you have been missing. And I, I have seen multiple people that. use it, and it works. Get the fuck out. So, like, you tell the story of this wizard <laughs> whose, like, magic is just help people find shit. Oh, it gets better. This is my favorite of all his magicness, though. It's like, okay, um, wizard diamond, Mr. Edward, um, please can you tell me where I, my remote is for my TV? And he's just like, oh, oh, it's right here. I mean, granted, you had to pay him. For him to tell you where this stuff was. I just want a whole movie about his life where he's basically like the one-hit wonder. Where he, he did the one thing. He's like, everyone just knows me for finding things. What about who I really am? <laughs> Living in like this this town full of witches. And he's, oh, Ed over there. He can find stuff. But that's about it. Yeah, he's like, I'm more than this. I'm more than finding things. <laughs> like an Oscar-nominated movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, it would win because, you know, you, you get the guy who's the Lord of the Rings guy to play it. One million percent. Which one? Um, the one who was also Magneto. Oh, Ian McKellen. Yes. You just get like Ian an McK- old British guy. <laughs> but he's got to wear the flowing cape and a wizard's hat. I mean, like legit Mickey Mouse from Fantasia. Oh, my God. I love it so much. Now I want to make it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. One of the most common powers he displayed was his ability to find lost or stolen items. He was apparently... I already read that. Did I put that in there twice? Yes. Okay. (laughs) But he was also often approached by police to find stolen items. (laughs) So... Like, the lady down the street had her, this isn't in my story, but I read this, the lady down the street had her 
her wood stolen, you know, to keep her warm in the wintertime. And uh, Wizard Edward Diamond found this who stole it and it. And he put a spell on the guy who stole it to where he had to walk in the cold back and forth until all the wood was put back in the original pile from the little old lady who was about to freeze to death. Was that a spell or did he just firmly say that the man needed to put you could put be. that back where you got it. <laughs> could be could be i don't like know some child. witchy shit I'm, I'm gonna go with the spell because i mean if he was a dick enough to steal the wood in the first place he wouldn't have done what he was told oh i'd strap two by fours to his feet and make him <laughs> trudge on the two by fours you're gonna put a spell on him at least make him like make it crazy make him do it naked Yes, one million <laughs> under the moonlight in the pouring <laughs> rain. Okay, so like I said, I think that finding shit is one hell of a useful power, and I wish I had him around every time I lost my keys. I already said that. Um, it wasn't his greatest power by far. Oh. It said he was able to see the future, and even cooler, he was able to project his voice and even image image off to the distance. Okay, all right. You wait just a minute here. Mm-hmm. I know that we're going to run over today. That's but fine. But I need to share this thought. Okay. If, if he can see in the future and project his voice in the distance, why is he even helping people find stuff that he knows they're going to lose? <laughs> so why can't he just sit... Like, collect taxes from everybody where he gets, like, a membership fee for, like, $1,000 a year or, like, rupees or whatever it is they're using. Back a retainer. <laughs> yeah, give him a retainer. He sits on the couch just drinking mead, which is what I assume he oh, drinks. Yeah. Eating a big uh, old turkey leg. Just constant turkey legs where they, like, bring him offerings. And he just sees everything and then can speak to them through this power. What is he doing? You're absolutely right, Nick. <laughs> Abs, like he'll be there. He just project his image and his voice into your home. Don't put your keys there. You will not be able to find them in three hours. Don't do it. Pick them up. Put them where they're supposed to go. Okay, retainer earned. Yeah, he's like a medieval Alexa. It's great. <laughs> yes. Like part partner with like the local blacksmith and gems keeper. Make some stupid little box that people have to pay you for. And you say, like, put this box in the room where you wish to not lose things. And then that's the room that he can project himself into or whatever. I don't know. That's perfect. Oh, God. (laughs) Do you think one day Alexa will be able to pop up and shut up? Don't say anything, Alexa. Alexa. No. Alexa. Turn off. Alexa, cancel. She could like project a little uh, like Tupac thing. What's the word I'm looking for? Hot, uh, hologram. Hologram. Oh my god, that would be so cool. It's creepy. That would be super cool. creepy. But one day. Yeah. Well, like we have a couple commands that I can't say because obviously she's listening. But it's when it's bedtime, and I tell her Alexa, blah 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 blah, and she goes, "Good night. I hope you had a great day." What? Blah, 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 it says on her screen. Okay. This bitch. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, 
his image and his voice off into the distance. But he used this for the good of mankind. Not as good as Nick had the idea of, though. Sure. However, it's it's a close second. It's said that during violent storms, the experienced seaman, wizard Edward Diamond, would climb on top of a place called Burial Hill, somehow remaining unaffected by the lashing winds, which you know his cape was just billowing it. Oh, yeah. Where he would proceed to talk to ships that are far out at sea, giving them instructions on how to avoid being dashed upon the rocks and advice advice on how to regain control of their vessels. The crews of these vessels would report either clearly hearing Diamond's voice through the storm as if he were standing right there speaking into their ear or at times actually seeing a shimmering ghostly apparition of him standing on the deck. That's badass. Was he? A, did you say he was a seaman? So he's a seaman and a wizard as well. A pi- uh, I think I forgot to put that at the beginning of the story. I actually wrote my story this week, so there's going to be some holes, people. I'm going to warn you. Um, he he started out as a, a, a seaman uh, before he retired and became a full time wizard. I, I'm didn't, sure he was just we a part time. <laughs> didn't we all? <laughs> I just I just love that he's like. He has overcome, uh, no pun intended, to <laughs> like this job as a seaman and is now a wizard, a grand wizard who guides seamen into the into the night, into the whatever. Um, so there are several reports of this, and he may or may not have charged the ship owners for his talents as well. However, the magic seemed to skip a generation as his son, Aholeb. A-H-O-L-I-A-B, Diamond, was just your run-of-the-mill cobbler. Um, maybe he <laughs> wanted... He yeah, of course, yeah. Oh, you're, you're Wizard Diamond, son? And you're making shoes? Dude, you got the short end of the stick. Um, or maybe he, maybe he didn't want to use his magic. I don't know. I'm not going to judge the cobbler Diamond. Um, however... Uh, his granddaughter, Mary Diamond, would end up going by the name Maul, and she was born into the family legacy and would continue it. Sweet baby Mary Diamond was born in the wizard's home uh, in 1736. There were no public schools for girls at the time of her youth, but Mall Pitcher seems to have received some education. On October 2nd, 1760, she married Robert Pitcher, who was a cobbler apprentice of her father. The couple continued to live with the Diamonds and had four children, Ron, Rebecca, Ruth, and Lydia. They moved to Lynn, Massachusetts, and lived at the foot of High Rock. Their cottage soon became famous as many visitors made their way there to consult Mall Pitcher and have their fortunes told. She was a big fucking deal. I mean, she is the descendant of the lost key finder. Of course, she's a big deal. Um, Rumors had it that even royalty from Europe would come over to see Mall to seek hints into their futures. But Maul wasn't a snob by any means. She would also give readings to the humblest of American maids as well. 
Maul is said to have predicted the outcome of the Battle of Bunker Hill. General John Glover of Marblehead escorted Maul Pitcher to Cambridge to see General George Washington, where she raised his spirits greatly when she foretold the outcome of the Revolutionary War. British generals also consulted the Oracle. She's said to have gained more information from then than she gave them and has was secretly stated as um, a double agent because she came back with that information and, um, you know, helped the patriotic cause. <clears throat> She's my kind of girl. Like yeah. her. Um, Maul was certainly the most famous fortune teller ever known on the North Shore. Sailors and sea captains refused to leave port if Maul predicted a bad voyage. Businessmen admitted her influence when they had to make investment decisions. Treasure hunters also consulted Maul, but she scoffed at them saying, and this is when I really knew I like her, fools, if I know where the money was buried, do you think I'd tell you? I know that was quoted on like every single website that came up for her. Apparently everybody else likes that too. Her predictions in the bottom of a teacup as she was a tea leaf reader, which is something that has always piqued my curiosity. For those of you that don't know, tea leaf readings is an ancient form of fortune telling passed down through the ages upon ages upon ages. And it's said that after steeping loose tea leaves and then you dump the, the water out, leaving the tea leaves in, you kind of swirl it around first and then you take the teacup, turn it upside down, let it dry, and then you look at it. And there are certain symbols you're supposed to look for if you like see animals and things like that. that it's supposed to tell these people's fortunes and futures. So... Maul was no dummy, and she charged for her gift, just like Grandpa, and I would not have wanted to try to get away without paying, because Maul had a fix for that. Her daughter, Becky, um, was said to have hung out in the upper chamber of the Diamond Home while Maul was giving her readings, listening to her mother, and next to her was a huge ox chain. I didn't know ox chains were a thing, but okay. This chain was supposed to be attached to the devil, but it was really attached to Becky, and she'd move it about when required. If any visitor refused to pay the price which Maul had asked, they were told that the devil would be after them, and immediately after that, the ox chain was dragged across the floor above. The result was that the visitors were so terribly frightened that they really believed the devil was in the house and would immediately pay dear sweet Maul, at which time the clanking of the chain would cease completely. Love this woman. She died April 9th, uh, 18. That was the only pace and cut I did, and there's way too many. 1813, yeah. At the age of 75, her grave remained unmarked until 1887 when Isaac O'Gild and John T. Moulton, I have no idea who these men are, but they're wonderful. Uh, they distinguished the spot and erected a neat gravestone bearing the following inscription. Mary Pitcher, 
1738 to 1813. Mr. Pitcher survived her and died May 7th, 1822. And in quotes, it says, Even she, our own weird heroine, soul Pythias of ancient Lynn, sleeps where the living laid her and the wide realm of sorcery, left by its latest mistress free, hath found no gray and skilled invader. I don't know what most of it made, but I am hereby henceforth known as the weird heroine in case you were wondering. Paul and Edward were the only ones in the family with this amazing gift. However, I'm sure that wasn't the case. Sometimes people are scared of their gifts or don't even acknowledge them at all. But something tells me there's a great, great, great grandchild of sweet old Maul out there who's doing good for the world, just like their ancestors before them. And I want to meet you. Just saying. My wingmen were historicipswitch.com, marblehead.wickedlocal.com, the Wikipedia, mysteriousuniverse.com, and the podcast, Lore. Dating. I feel like a lot of stories, we only get the people who are the most famous, but for you to talk about her grandfather. His, I don't know, it's, it's such an interesting generational thing where like she learned the ingenuity that I feel like if he had... He could have, you know, done a lot less, like would have had to work a little less hard. <laughs> yeah. Maul was doing quite well with the money she was making from her fortune telling. Yeah. The house for those times was ginormous. <laughs> like a straight up hustler and the whole devil's chain thing, oh. like finding that sound and creating that. That's amazing. Like, oh, yeah, she 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 knew exactly what she was doing. In the best of ways. Oh, yeah. And she gets the, the, the daughter involved. And I'm sure if, you know, Becky's out doing something, she gets one of the other kids up there. Now, if I say this word, that means they are not willing to pay. So all you need to do is drag the oxen chain across the floor until you he- hear me say that they've paid. Is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. A listener story. Thanks to our wonderful listeners. Guys, doesn't get you off the hook. I need stories, and I need More. them now. More! It's never enough! <laughs> Oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Again, we want your urban legends. We want your scary stories you told at sleepaway camp. We want, you know, everything. All the stuff and all the things. And there's something we mentioned earlier. We could throw that into listener stories. What the hell was I asking for? Uh, local... Is it local? No. Paranormal fail stories. Oh. <laughs> Paranormal investigator <laughs> fails. Yes. Let's yes. throw that in too. Okay. So this one starts off. Hello, Kitsy, Nick, and dolls. I spent <laughs> 10 years of my life. Wor- does she mean my haunted dolls or does she yeah. mean the listeners? I assume she meant the, the listeners. Oh, tell her hello, girls. Did you hear that? Hello. Um. <laughs> I spent 10 years of my life working as a nurse's aide, with four of those years being hospice. I've seen some things. One particular story that sticks with me is the man in the red flannel shirt from one of the more, quote, active, unquote, hard quote, nursing homes I worked in. 
As a rule at this nursing home, no one was forewarned about the man in the red flannel shirt. The staff waited till new employees told him about seeing him before talking about his appearance. Some people saw him sitting in the dining room at the time when it was supposed to be empty. Others outside a few, nope, others outside a few in the halls near a patient who was departing this world's door. My first sighting of him nearly gave me a heart attack. After a particularly rough shift, I gave a report and raced to my car to get the hell out before they could ask me to pick up my night shift off. It rained all night and into the morning. I was a third shift aide. I jumped into my little SUV through through that son of a bitch in reverse, looked over my shoulders, and as I hit the the gas, I saw a man in a red flannel shirt in my rear window, and he disappeared. I jumped out of that Suzuki shaking because I thought I hit either a maintenance worker or an assisted living patient. There was no one there. My coworker who was training me asked if something was wrong with my car. I could barely spit out what I thought I'd done. She asked what the person was wearing, to which I responded, a red flannel shirt. My coworker cracked up laughing and seeing the lack of amusement on my face, explained that he's the resident ghost and now rite of passage for new staff here. She says almost everyone has seen him there, including a nurse who offered him a cup of coffee before he disappeared. I didn't care much for my initiation from the red flannel shirt, but he definitely wasn't the scariest ghost there. I have so many stories from just this particular nursing home that I will be sharing periodically. Yes, please. All the stories. Love, Mm -hmm. peace, and positivity. Heather W. Yes. That's amazing. Love it. Give me the 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 saga. Give me yeah. all of them, please. All the things, all of it. And and I want everybody's initiation story by this red flannel guy. You know he has the best afterlife ever. You know he's doing it on purpose. Oh, 100%. Oh yeah. <laughs> to become a to become a legend cuz like in a way Oh, no, this is I'm I got to try to like pivot this so i don't end on such a sad note okay but uh i'm trying to reword everything in my head basically once you (laughs) pass on if you are someone um who's you know who maybe wanted that like is i i can't word this it's all falling apart because i can't word it in a way that's not sad uh somebody who who craved Tension, the limelight in real life didn't get it, and here he is getting it in the afterlife. That's a happy story. Yeah, there. I, I feel like maybe that's not something that's talked about often enough. Is it like the famous spirit? It's like you're a famous. You, you've become famous in your own way. Like you've created, you know, an impact. But it's like, how do you create that story? As derailing. I don't all know. Of it. I- I love it though. I love it. He he got what he. I, I'm going to take it as he was that dude. Yeah. That you know maybe he you know circumstances of life he never got to be what whatever it was. Let's say he was a an expert violinist, but children came along and he had to give up his dream. But now in the afterlife, he's able to 
be in the limelight of this creepy little nursing home. Um, but still, everybody knows. I, th- I think I need to know his name. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Same. <laughs> so, Heather, tweet at a bitch. Let's go. Let's go find out Red Flannel Shirt Guy's name <laughs> because I think that his story needs to be told. On that note, kids, huge shout out to all of you for listening every week. We appreciate you so very much. Um, thanks for telling your friends and family about us. Community we've got here, and I couldn't be happier about it. Same. Yeah. And shout out to our uh, producers, Ryan Hoke and Donald Blanchflower. I'm Kitsy Duncan. Weird is the new cool. And I'm Nick Floyd. (laughs) Ghost on. (laughs) Not every haunting is driven by evil. It happens even in the most mundane of places. Down the block, around the corner. And sometimes in our own homes. Paranormal Crossroad is here to bridge the gap between the living and the dead. Are you living through a haunting at home or at work? Do you need answers? Contact the all-female paranormal research team today. Go to PXRoad.com to get the answers you seek.